48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines. A 19-year-old is denied bail after becoming the second person charged with a national security crime. Tourism leaders one of major, more major job losses in the ailing sector. And the Ombudsman complains that poorly performing road cleaners are still sweeping up government contracts. The former leader of the now disbanded pro-independence group Student Localism has been denied bail after being charged with offences including secession. Francis Sitt has more. 19-year-old Tony Chong is the second person charged under the SAR's national security law. West Kowloon Court heard that he was accused of organising, planning, committing or participating in acts with a few to commit secession between July the 1st, the date the new law took effect, and Tuesday when he was arrested. The two other charges are under older laws. He's accused of conspiring to publish sedition materials and face two money laundering charges. No plea was taken and the chief magistrate Victor So adjourned the case to January the 7th. He ordered that Chong be kept in custody in the meantime. Under Article 42 of the new law, a magistrate should only grant bail if they are satisfied a defendant will not continue to commit acts endangering national security. Two other former members of student localism were arrested on Tuesday but were later released on bail. The group announced it was seizing operations in Hong Kong just before the new law took effect. A travel industry union estimates another 1,000 workers will be asked to take unpaid leave, much like the 300 staff at Sunflower Travel Agency who were notified of the plans yesterday. Tong Kim Sang, who chairs the travel industry outbound tour escort and tour guide union, told an RTHK programme that he expected two or three big firms to follow suit. He said tour guides had been taking unpaid leave since the Lunar New Year when travel was halted. The Ombudsman, Winnie Chu, says poorly performing cleaning contractors are still being awarded government contracts due to inadequate monitoring. Her office found that more than 1,100 cases last year in which street cleaning contractors had money deducted because they didn't do the job well enough. But she said the deterrent was inadequate as the total penalty amounted to just $81,000, a tenth of 1% of the total contracts. Contractors were also marked down for poor performance, but Ms Chu said this did not stop them from winning new contracts. Six out of the 14 uh, winning bidders score only zero points in the past performance, uh, which is something of uh, a great deal of concern to us as to how FHD differentiates the good and the bad performance of contractors and award uh, the tendering contracts accordingly. Meanwhile, Ms Chu says children could be at risk because of long delays in repairs at playgrounds on public housing estates. Her office's investigation found that some playgrounds had not been repaired for more than six months. Ms Chu says sometimes the delay is because the government doesn't own the site outright and must consult residents or the Link REIT, which owns commercial facilities at public estates. On other occasions, officials took no action, despite substantial delays by contractors. The US Justice Department says five Chinese agents have been arrested for targeting Beijing dissidents in the United States. They're among eight people charged with conspiring to work on behalf of China in an international campaign aimed at threatening the dissidents and forcing them to return to their home country. Three of those charged are believed to be in China. Christopher Ray, the director of the FBI, announced the arrests. Today's charges reflect yet another example of China's ongoing and widespread lawless behavior and our refusal to tolerate it. Simply put, 
It's outrageous that China thinks it can come to our shores, conduct illegal operations, and bend people here in the United States to their will. New research suggests Beijing's policy of widespread tree planting is having a much larger impact on the mainland's carbon emissions than previously believed. Here's the BBC's Matt McGrath. This new study has given scientists a much clearer view of the effect of planting more than 66 billion trees across China over the past 40 years. It shows they soaked up almost half the country's carbon from human activities between 2010 and 2016. Big uncertainties still remain, and there are worries many of these trees could die or be cut down and release their stored CO2. But the new data also shows future plans to cover one-third of China in trees could help the country achieve carbon neutrality by 2060. The senior US medical official dealing with controlling coronavirus, Anthony Fauci, has criticised President Trump's political rallies in the final stages of the election campaign, saying they're bound to spread COVID-19. He said such gatherings of people not wearing masks or social distancing were potentially super-spreading events. Historically, over the last months, we've seen that when you have congregation of people not wearing masks, not being separate from each other, crowds, that clearly is the situation that will lead to outbreaks. We've seen that with the motorcycle rally that we had in the northwestern part of our country. We've seen that even in situations such as in the White House. Days before the US presidential election, the Democratic Party challenger Joe Biden has cast his ballot. Mr Biden, who's leading in the polls, wore a mask when he voted in his home state of Delaware. He said if he was elected president, he would let science guide his decisions on tackling the coronavirus. I'm not running in the false promise of being able to end this pandemic by flipping a switch. But what I can promise you is this. We will start on day one doing the right things. We'll let science drive our decisions. We will deal honestly with the American people. President Trump is campaigning in the state of Arizona, while Mr Biden is now in Florida. An overnight curfew is in effect in the US city of Philadelphia after two nights of protests and looting following the killing by police of a black man. The family of Walter Wallace Jr. said he was suffering a mental health crisis when he was shot by officers on Monday. Police said he'd refused to drop his knife. The heads of Facebook, Twitter and Google have defended free speech while acknowledging the need for more transparency and accountability about the user content they put online. They were being grilled at a US Senate hearing into a law, Section 230, which protects their platforms from being liable for what's posted. The Republican chairman of the Senate, Commerce Committee Roger Wicker, said it was time Section 230 was brought to an end. This liability shield has been pivotal in protecting online platforms from endless and potentially ruinous lawsuits. But it has also given these internet platforms the ability to control, stifle, and even censor content in whatever manner meets their respective standards. The time has come for that free pass to end. In his opening statement, Twitter boss Jack Dorsey said the law had been vital. Section 230 gave internet services two important tools. The first provides immunity from liability for users' content. The second provides good Samaritan protections for content moderation and removal, even of constitutionally protected speech, as long as it's done in good faith. That concept of good faith is what's being challenged by many of you today. 
Scientists involved in one of the biggest studies of COVID-19 infections in England have warned that the second wave has reached a critical stage in the country, with around 96,000 people catching the virus every day. Here's the BBC's Palab Ghosh. The REACT study is the most up-to-date snapshot of the spread of COVID-19. Its blunt assessment is that the recent government measures introduced to curb the spread of the virus have not stopped the number of cases in England from accelerating. On average, infections are now doubling every nine days. The study found that infection was increasing across England, with the highest R number in London of 286 the researchers say there has to be a change in measures or people's behaviour sooner rather than later if further hospitalisations and deaths from COVID-19 are to be avoided. The French President Emmanuel Macron has announced a new national lockdown starting on Friday to continue until at least the end of November. Speaking on national television, he said none of the coronavirus measures taken so far had worked in the face of a second wave whose speed has caught all of Europe by surprise. He said people would need to fill out a government form to justify leaving home. Like in the spring, you will be able to leave your house only to work, for a medical appointment, to provide assistance to a relative, to shop for essential goods or to get some fresh air near your home. This means the return of the permission slip. Chancellor Angela Merkel and German regional leaders have agreed to shut the leisure sector from Monday for the whole of November to halt the exponential spread of the virus. Here's the BBC's Jenny Hill. Germany had to act now, said Angela Merkel, to prevent a health emergency. As of Monday, bars, restaurants, arts and leisure facilities will close for a month. Although in contrast to earlier restrictions this year, schools, nurseries and shops will stay open. Professional sporting events, including the Bundesliga, will go ahead. But once again, matches will be played to empty stadia. And private gatherings will be limited to a maximum of 10 people from two households. This country has fewer cases than many other parts of Europe, but the speed with which the virus is spreading has alarmed Berlin. And two cases of coronavirus have been confirmed in the Marshall Islands. The Pacific Archipelago had been one of the few nations to remain virus-free. Scientists have found that most of the light pollution produced by cities comes from sources such as billboards, shops and floodlights, rather than street lighting, which generates only 20% of urban light. Here's the BBC's Victoria Gill. As well as obscuring our view of a naturally dark night sky with that familiar glow, artificial light can disrupt our sleep and affect our health. It's also been shown to affect wildlife by disrupting the natural light-dark cycle that insects, birds and other animals are tuned into. In a bid to work out the source of this problem, scientists recruited the city of Tucson in Arizona, which dimmed all of its 14,000 streetlights while researchers used a satellite to measure the effect. The scientists say that turning off unnecessary lights could dramatically reduce our energy consumption. In finance, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,476. That's 232 points down on the previous close. Currency is the US dollar trading at 104.44 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 17 cents. And the pound will get you 10 Hong Kong dollars and 8 cents. Now to sport. Here's Atom Jung. Barcelona have made it two wins out of two in football's European Champions League. Lino Messi and his teammates took advantage of Cristiano Ronaldo's absence to beat Juventus 2-0 in Turin. Ronaldo was out because of a positive COVID-19 test. Here's the BBC's Andy Barwell. 
A much-anticipated clash in Group G between European giants Juventus and Barcelona. There was no Cristiano Ronaldo for Juventus, and in the end it was a 2-0 win for Barcelona. Usman Dembele got the opener. Lionel Messi got the second from the penalty spot. His 117th Champions League goal, also in that group, Ferenc Farish, Dinamo Kiev drew 2-2. Manchester United were the biggest winners on the night. They thrashed the German league leaders RB Leipzig 5-0 at Old Trafford. Marcus Rashford came off the bench and completed a hat-trick in 27 minutes. That makes him only the second United player to score a hat-trick as a substitute. Yeah, I think um, you know it's, it's, it was a real team, team performance. Um, the ones that started the game done well when he was on the pitch and the ones that come on done well when he came on. So um, I think, you know, as a squad, we can't really ask for for much more than that. Prior to Rashford's performance, the only other United player to score a hat-trick after coming off the bench is the original super sub and current manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. He came on, did well, impact. Of course, we want that from the subs. I think that's only possible, though, when the others have laid the, the groundwork and what a shift they put in. And we had to uh, really dig deep and work hard for each other. So... Spaces open up when you're winning, of course, and we knew that um, today was the day that we had to rest a few because this season is relentless, so we could use the squad. In the other Group H match, Paris Saint-Germain were 2-0 winners at Istanbul Basak Sahir. Chelsea hammered Krasnodar 4-0 in a match attended by 10,000 fans in Russia. Hakim Zayic scored his first Chelsea goal. Callum Hudson-Odoi, Timo Werner and Christian Pulisic also made the score sheet. Here's their boss, Frank Lampard. Yeah, in terms of my choices, um, Hakim Zayic is fit today, which was uh, the first time he's really been fit to start a game. He's worked really hard to be fit. And I was very keen to get his quality into the team, and I think we saw that for the for the whole period he was on the pitch. He brought a lot of quality and calmness, and uh, gets a well-deserved goal. Um, and with Callum on the on the left wing, I felt Callum deserved a chance, so I was very pleased with those parts of our game. Chelsea top Group E on goal difference ahead of Sevilla, who beat Rennes 1-0. In Group F, Borussia Dortmund defeated Zenit St. Petersburg 2-0. Lazio drew one all at Club Bruges. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Otham. To end the news, the top stories once again. A 19-year-old is denied bail after becoming the second person charged with a national security crime. Tourism leaders at one of more major job cuts in the ailing sector. And the Ombudsman complains that poorly performing road cleaners are still sweeping up government contracts. The news from RTHK.
never get this here right And it feels like rain On a perfect night And I'll I'll be a hand to hold She can push me hard But I won't let go Yeah, time and time again We're going back to the start And I try and try again To bring some light to the dark You know, every day's a battle And it tears her apart And welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Thursday afternoon. Thursday, the 29th of October, is today's date. Two days before Halloween, and we'll be chatting with Sadia Osmani for our regular Thursday chinwag. And this week, we're talking about fears. That's right, as I'm pointing out, Halloween may just be around the corner, but we're not talking about the usual horror stuff, but rather more about personal things that we fear that sometimes.